Hope Center. 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 Hope Center is love. One of the things that have absolutely, and I want you to take notes today, I want you to, I want you to, to journal what the Lord is ministering to you, those that are watching at home. I want to share with you personally, before the Lord ministered to me that I should begin teaching this series, I want to share what this means to me personally. Uh, we have a central message as pastors and leaders. Is that all right if I teach today, by the way? Okay, are you going to stick with me today? Okay. Uh, personally, for every pastor and leader, our central message is Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. For our faith is by the work of Jesus of Nazareth on the cross of Calvary, his burial, his resurrection. That is salvation. And everything is filtered through him, by him, and for him. He is the reason we do this, my son and, and pastor. Uh, this is the, he is the reason we do all that we do. Uh, but then there are personal words or messages that God uses to speak to you and, you and you begin to teach. And it's almost like there's a special anointing and unction on that word that he has placed in your spirit. And it's, it's not just a word for, um, for one time or one season, but it's a, it's, a, it's a lifetime word that you carry through. Uh, let me give you an example. For instance, there are certain people that are given specific words and assignments. There are God, people or generals that God will raise up in the area of healing. And though their message, central message is Jesus, uh, but they they speak and they minister the healing of God. For others, it is the prophetic. For others, it is, uh, uh, in my case, it is hope. That's why the church, the, the church that God has entrusted, my, my wife and I and all of these leaders here, is called Hope Center because, because what brought me to, to the Lord Jesus was a sense that he gives hope and he restores hope and there is hope in Christ regardless of what you go through and so the, the name is Hope Center and, and that is a, a, a message that I carry everywhere every day and every season of my life and that's been a, a word that has marked me and is something that I constantly speak from, teach from, you can hear that all throughout. I could be preaching on the prophetic deliverance, healing, rest of, I could be, be preaching anything but in, in some way you will feel a sense of hope infused in it because that is the message that I carry in my spirit and, and, and I can go on and about the apostles that they were assigned to a specific people with a specific word if you look at the life of Paul he was a, a, an apostle to the Gentiles and his message was grace that's why you read the book of Galatians they had to understand grace and you have Peter who was an apostle to the Jews so he was an assigned to a specific people with a specific word I could keep going and going and going uh, but one of the words that have marked my life from when I began discovering this, hearing about it, going in the word about it has been the word of honor. And not only hearing this concept and principle from the word of God and hearing teachings, but also when I began to implement and act out on the principle of honor, everything in my life changed. I'm talking, no, 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 you're not hearing me. I said every, say, someone say every, someone say, someone say everything, everything in my life changed. And I have, I've shared messages 
on honor. And I constantly share with my spiritual sons and daughters and leaders on the concept of honor, but I've never dedicated an entire series on honor. And the Lord said that I should begin to teach on this entire series on the principle of honor. I want to teach you this. The person of Jesus is, is the one who guarantees your, your eternity. So he is the one responsible for your salvation, your justification and your sanctification and your eternity. Okay, so that's the per someone say the person of Jesus. Now here it is. That's the person of Jesus. But here it is. The principles of Jesus is what impacts your life here on earth. So catch this. You can be a believer and have your eternity secure and you will. And, and there, will <sighs> there will be some people you see in heaven and you will be like, you made it here. Because, <laughs> come on, keep it real. Some of y'all, you thought that. <laughs> you go, you, listen, when we're in eternity, you're going to be like, you made it. <laughs> because salvation was never based on works, but it was based upon the grace of the Lord Jesus. And we're justified by faith in him and through him. So, so the person of Jesus is the one that seals you for salvation. And your eternity. But it is possible to be saved and not follow the principles of Jesus. And it is the principles of Jesus that impacts your life here on earth. Let me explain this. The first commandment is love the Lord God with your mind, with your soul, with your strength. That's the first. So that is the vertical relationship. But when you have a relationship that ought to impact your horizontal relationships, the person of Jesus. But then when you begin to implement the principles of Jesus, it will impact things around you. Oh, I didn't want to go here, but is it all right if I watch this? This is like when my, I give my daughters vegetables. It's, they don't like it, but it's good for them. Right? Uh, uh, that's why you can have believers that pray. I'm talking about intercessors and pray. But if you look at their life, they broke, busted, and disgusted. It's, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me not. How, how is it possible? Let me tell you. There is a principle that is not being applied in their life. You ever met a believer? I'm talking about, man, that's just like, just nothing ever, like nothing ever? There's never any joy? There's never any peace? When you're a believer and you have the prince of peace? There's, there's, there's never any blessing? There's never any success and prosperity? There's never any victory? When Romans 8 says you're more than conquerors? So that means that there is a principle that is not being applied. But when a person applies the principle, everything will change. <laughs> I feel like I could give benediction right after that. Honor is a principle. Honor is not a doctrine. Jesus is doctrine. Honor is a principle of Jesus. 
when I began to apply the principle of honor in my life, my marriage changed. Because prior to me understanding honor, I always thought my wife needs to respect and honor me before I honor back. No, 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 no. I got to be honored in my home before I give honor. Someone say no. Someone say problem. Yeah. The Lord had to teach me that honor begins with you. Honor does not wait. No, no, no. I'm going to wait to serve. I'm going to wait to honor them. I'm going to wait to show them respect and reverence when they do it for me. No, 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 no. The principle of honor teaches you that it begins with you. And when you begin to apply honor, it is life-giving. That is the only scripture in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, where it says that a promise is connected to long life. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life and that things may go well with you and it that that's that was by the way that was also in the old testament so honor extends your life honor is life-giving whenever are you taking notes are you receiving where there is no acknowledgement, there is no honor. Where there is no honor, there is no gratitude, thanksgiving, or celebration. And whatever you lose gratitude for always leaves you. That is why the things that you are thankful for will always increase in your life. Are you here? The things that you are thankful for will always increase in your life. But the little that you have, you're not grateful for it. That's why you lose that as well. That is why honor is connected to celebration and thanksgiving and acknowledgement. Because what you honor is what you will receive. What you sow in honor, I always teach this. I'm going to go Bible. Some of you are Bible thumpers. Where is the word of God? I'm coming. Let me just lay the foundation. Today is foundation day. Let me work this thing. <laughs> okay? Watch this. What you sow in honor will always be reaped in honor. Uh, the Bible says, I honor those, says God, who honor me. When you apply the principle of honor, everything in your life will change your ministry will change your business will change your hey hey your finances will change your your call and your assignment your relationships will change honor we see it all throughout from genesis to revelation you see honor all the way back in Genesis in the life of Abraham. Abraham did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within him like you and I have, but yet he knew to honor. That's why, that's why Abraham was able to tithe. Wait, there was no Levitical law. There was no Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 where it says, bring your tithes to the storefront. But yet Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, the priest. 
So it lets you know that sowing and giving, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's not, it's not based on the law. <laughs> it existed before and it existed after because it is a principle. So here it is. He knew to tithe to Melchizedek. So he lived a life of honor. If you look at the life of Abraham, always honored because Honor unlocks your faith. He was, he is and was the father of faith. Honor is always connected to faith and we see his life full of faith. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11 talking about Abraham being the father of faith. We know the stars in the sky, the sand in the sea, the father of faith. He lived a life of honor. <laughs> we see in how he treated his family. We see how he was honorable, but Lot was not honorable. You can tell by a, the way a person speaks, lives, behaves, whether they are honorable or whether they are dishonorable. So we see in the life of Abraham, we see honor. In the life of Joseph, we see honor. In the life of David, we see honor. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see honor. Now the word honor in Hebrew, uh, the word for honor means to means to carry weight it is literally the same word in hebrew for weight it means to regard it means to hold in high esteem now there is a difference between honor and respect see respect is i respect you for what you do but honor says i honor you for who you are so honor goes a step above respect. Many people respect what we do, but may not necessarily honor us. But here it is. Honor goes above and beyond. Not only do I respect you for what you do, but oh, here it is. But even if you didn't do it, I still honor you. That's honor. Now, wherever there is a culture of honor, there is life, there is respect, there is reverence, there is high esteem, there is support, there is belief, there is faith, there is the supernatural, there is the miraculous. It's a place of life, but wherever there is a culture of dishonor, you will find that in a culture of dishonor, there is disrespect whenever there's disagreement. In a culture of dishonor, there is disrespect whenever there is disagreement. In a culture of dishonor, it promotes that you must earn or deserve honor. But honor is not earned, it is given. When there is a culture of dishonor, it is about damaging another's reputation. When there is a culture of dishonor, it's jealous. It presumes greater standing, power, or higher position. Here it is. Where there is a culture of dishonor, I feel like I'm by myself. And where there is a culture of dishonor, it looks for faults. It looks for, it looks to cause discomfort in others. And it is, here it is, it is petty and prideful. So here it is. I want to help somebody. I want to help you unlock doors that have, that have not been opened yet. Amen. I prophesy, oh, I feel the glory of God. Uh, 
you that are watching me, you're going to catch the revelation. I don't know where you're watching from, but you're getting ready to catch the revelation of honor. And it will not take long, says the Lord, that as you begin to apply the principle of honor, you will see doors that have been locked even this week. I prophesy to 25 of you that this week you're getting ready to see doors unprecedented, unexpected, doors open on your behalf because the Lord is getting ready to visit your life through the principle of honor. Yeah. See, principles are like keys. And you can pray outside of my door for 15 hours and a half with 32 seconds and say for 15 hours and a half in 32 seconds, Lord, open this door. Lord, open it. You can stand outside my door. This physical door outside my home. You can for 15 hours. You can fast for 21 days. You can, uh, you can fast for 40 days. Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus for 40 days. You're going to open this door. You're going to open this door. You're going to open this. I've got to give you the key. And when you simply use the key or the principle, the doors open for you. <laughs> And listen, I'm a man of prayer. But there were some things that I would pray for my pastors. And nothing will happen. Nothing. I'm talking about, I'm, oh my God, bringing fire down, speaking in tongues, sweating, rolling, rolling on the floor. <laughs> and nothing will happen. And then when the Lord said, honor that person, I saw the shift immediately. I don't <laughs> Okay, let's go there. Y'all ready? Yes. Humility is what produces honor. Humility is what produces honor. The book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. I, I, I came to teach, okay? Because la last week I didn't teach and I didn't preach. I was in my zone. I was said, listen, I didn't. I, it's okay, Pastor Jack. Thank you so much that you encouraged me. Because last week I didn't go, I didn't go to Wonderfly to preach. I went to minister. Uh, and, but today I said I, I, I didn't preach and teach last week. I'm preaching and teaching today. Next week we don't know what's going to happen. I may or I may not. Someone say it's okay. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. <laughs> That's the arena of wonder. <laughs> a, we don't, we're going to wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. I even got Don laughing. You never hear him laugh back there. <laughs> Watch this. Do nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value, value. There it goes. Value. That means weight. You know, you know the cost of something based on, you ever gone to the grocery store? And in order for you to know the cost of something, they have to check how much it weighs. So value is placed on weight. Here it is. Value others above yourselves. Okay. That's the ESV. I love this translation. 
the ERV says, in whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves. Now, let me tell you what humility is not. Humility is not walking with your head down and say, I'm just humble. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I have nothing in my life, nothing going for me. But Lord knows I'm humble. That is not humility. That's called a false sense of humility. True humility is when you are confident in who you are. You are confident in the Lord of your salvation. You are confident and you hold in high esteem who you are in Christ Jesus. And you're secure enough to see the value in others and the call of God in others. And the weight that somebody has even before they do anything, even before they sing on a mic. That's why I thank God that he's given me uh, the ability to see the tree when others see a seed. And I, I, I love that because before anybody picks up a mic to sing, I'm like, man, I see the call of God over your life. That's the beauty of prophetic people. That's why people don't understand prophetic people because we see things and other people are like, nah, he missed that one. No, baby, it's, you see, we understand honor, and we know to give weight even before we see anything in the physical. We know to call the things that are not as though they were. And humility is being secure enough to know, man, listen, I love when my pastors preach. I love man, when my wife ministers. She can do it better than me. I love when worship does their thing because the call of God is on their life. They carry a weight. I love when I see people serving. I see the greatness of God in their life. I see the anointing of God in their life. I see what God is doing. I see what my God will do. See, that is giving proper weight and value. So true humility is, is the ability to see the God within a person. Not just seeing the person by what you see with physical eyes. Too often, we make cause or we place judgment or we place value on a person or, or based upon what we see with our physical eyes. But honor goes above and beyond that and sees the God in a person even past what you see on the exterior. When, you, when, when, you, when you're a person of honor and when you sow in honor, you understand that not only is my God worthy of honor, but people are also worthy of honor. So not only do I honor up, but I honor, here we go, I honor to the side and I also honor down. Even even the people that serve up under me, I know, they're, I know they're worthy of honor. I know that the hand of God is upon their life. I know that God has assigned them for great things. Like this young man who serves me with all his heart. Yo, you got to wake up a little bit. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and other people, they may be serving under me, but I know that as they are serving the man or the woman of God, they're sowing in honor. And as they're sowing in honor, my God will, my God will be the one to lift them up. See, here it is, here it is. Here's the thing about the thing about honor. It requires humility. And whenever you have humility, the Lord Himself will 
exalt you. That's what the book of Psalms says. When we humble ourselves, you don't have to prop yourself up. You don't have to make things up about yourself. You don't have to front or put a facade for anybody. When you, when you carry true humility and that unlocks honor within you, the Lord himself will be responsible to lift you up. For the Lord says, I exalt those who humble themselves. But those who exalt themselves, I will humble them. So too many live by what they see with their physical eyes. That is why, here it is, 2 Corinthians, just listen to me as I read it out loud. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. I need you to catch this. From now on, the apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church because, here it is in 2 Corinthians, because they were questioning his call. His apostolic mandate. If you understand why the Apostle Paul wrote the book of 2 Corinthians or the letter to the Corinthian church was because people were questioning his call. So he wrote that letter to let people know that God has sent me and God has called me. Here it is. So it was important for him to also bring back the understanding that even when it comes to people, we do not regard one another according to the flesh, meaning that I may see you and your condition. But honor says, I'm going to treat you and I'm going to speak to your position. Amen. Regard no one, the Bible says, according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. You remember in John chapter one, he came to his own. His own did not receive him. His own did not honor him. Why? They regarded him according to the flesh. Wow. He can't be Messiah. He can't be king. He was born in a manger. We're expecting a king to come from a royal lineage, to come riding chariots and horses, to come with dominion and authority. But this man is, this man is, is humble. He, he, he cannot be king. He cannot be Lord. He cannot be Messiah. Why? They were regarding him according to the flesh. That's why he says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. That's why it's important to speak to people and honor them based on their position and not their condition. That's why it is important for you, husband, to speak to your wife according to their position. Oh, let me go there. And not their, and not their condition. That's why, wife, it's important for you to speak to your husband, not based on his conditions or the flaws or what's going wrong, but speak to his, speak to his position. You say, listen, I know you're acting a fool right now, but I know you're a man of God. You're looking at your wife and saying, hey, listen, you got to get some things together, but I speak to the woman of God in you. You may need to speak to your children based on their position and not their condition. I may see you acting a fool right now. You may be in the jailhouse, but I see you as a prophet to the nation. You may be strung out on drugs, but I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that I see you based on your position. You will be a mighty woman of God. I see you in the streets now, physically, but spiritually, I see you rising up for the glory. My God, I wish I had somebody up in this place that knew about honor. I'm speaking based on position and not condition. 
when you're, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm feeling this thing now. Can I preach this thing now? That's why when you're an honorable person, you can look at your circumstance and say, this is where I am now. This is my condition. Things are not working out now, but I believe that God has called me. I believe that I'm a woman of God. I believe I'm a man of God. I believe that though I may be here now, this is not where I will stay. I'm speaking to the position and not my condition. When we had six people, I was preaching like we had hundreds. Oh, I wish I, I wish I had a witness. Well, the six that were there are my witnesses. I will preach to six people like they were hundreds. Why? Because God ministered to me. Honor the season that you're in. You may not be where you want to be, but honor the season that you're in and keep sowing and keep believing and keep plowing and keep building, keep sowing and honor. Here it is. Even when people don't honor you, the Lord said to me, honor them, bless them, pray for them, counsel them, give them a word, sow and sow in honor because as you do it, you will see that I will lift you up. My God, I feel this thing. When we had nothing in my spirit, I knew we had everything. <laughs> when Pastor Jody was sitting by herself, I said, I know the team is coming. Now we got the most powerful worship team on this side of heaven. <laughs> Man. See, we regard no one according to the flesh. They did that with Jesus. Honor sees beyond what you see with the physical eyes. You may be seated in this place. I know I got excited. I said I was going to teach. Oh, I can't help myself. Watch this. I need you to catch this. That is why you can have two people under the same roof, under the same teaching, in the same scenarios, and have two different outcomes. It's okay. Have two different outcomes or results. Okay, <laughs> you can have two people hearing the same thing, going through the same things, under the same roof, and you will see two different results in the life. Okay, let me, let me break this down. Uh, see, you have, you have, I guess, okay, I got it. You have Peter, huh, and then you have Judas. Peter, the most flawed, impulsive, gangster apostle, but yet was there to preach to 3,000, and they came to the Lord. 5,000, they came to the Lord. Miracle signs and wonders. Jesus appeared to him and said, do you love me? Because here it is, even with his flaws, he's still honored. That's why Jesus had a conversation. He said, do you love me? In other words, do you honor me? But you have Judas who we don't hear or read his flaws, but always had dishonor in his heart. So that tells me 
that when you hear things about people, pastors, leaders, people that serve in the church, yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm coming for that. I'm coming for that. God has given me an apostolic mandate because, you know, people mass rebellion with church hurt. They say this is church hurt. No, it's rebellion. I'm coming for that soon, by the way. They hurt me. They said this about me. They treated me like this. Now I'm coming for you. <laughs> because let me speak for myself in this ministry. I see how my pastors serve. I see how my pastors give. I see how they pray. I see how they fast. I see how they honor. So when you come around, nah, they didn't. No. We're not having that. Jesus was perfect. Master evangelist, prophet, teacher, apostle, blameless. But yet Judas said, here he is. So it's telling me that it's not solely based upon the actions of another. It's what is in your heart. I know, I know. I know, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. My God, I haven't even gotten to my second point. Okay. You can have two people under the same roof, the same teaching, the same Jesus we're serving, but our lives be totally different. Because one honors, and one doesn't so in honor. One dishonors. A few of you caught that in here. Okay. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to pray out. I think I'm going to save this. Okay. Let me tell you, habit is what produces honor. Habit is what produces honor. Daniel prayed three times a day. We see that in the Bible. Habit. David prayed seven times a day. We see that in the scripture. Habit. Habit dis habits decide the rhythm of your life. If you fail in anything, it would be because of habits. If you succeed in anything, it will be because of habits. When feelings fail you, habits will not. That's why haven't you noticed when you have a consistent prayer life, there are many times you don't feel it, but because you already established a discipline, you say, I'm going to do it. It's not based on feelings. That's why you can have on Palm Sunday when people were screaming out, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And then the next week they were crucifying him. Because you can have people one day honor and then the next day, as soon as it looks like things are going bad, hey, listen. Yeah, so honor is not based on feeling. Honor is something that you develop habitually. Because the life of a disciple is based on disciplines. Disciplines are formed by habits. So discipline becomes the habit of disciples. These habits produce honor. Here it is. When you have a habit, that means there's constant effort, attention. Studies have shown that in order for you to eradicate a bad habit, you have to consistently for 21 days do something to replace that bad habit, a good habit. And if you miss one day, you got to start all over. That's what studies have shown. But this simply tells us that habits is the thing that births our future. 
Okay. Uh, that sounds like um, some good motivational speaking there, Pastor. Where's the Bible? Okay. Okay. I'm coming for you. I'm going to throw my mic at you. <laughs> Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates in it or on it day and night. Have it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always, habit. Pray without ceasing, habit. Wow. Give thanks in all circumstances, habit. Oh, <laughs> For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly, meaning here and there, will also reap sparingly. Here and there. Here it is. But whoever sows bountifully, habit. I'm going I'm to cash at myself. Ah! Whoever sows generously, habit reaps consistently. So habit, consistent effort, attention, is what unlocks honor, and honor is a lifestyle of, consistent, of consistency. So what do I want to bring you to? Uh, this is going to be a good series. It is possible to be a believer and not honor the presence of God. You know, you remember the saying, kissing up? That's a kiss up. Y'all remember that? They don't use that nowadays, right? That was back in our day. That was the teacher's pet, right? The teacher's pet was a kiss up, meaning that, you know, they bring treats from home. They sit in the front, you know, there's... Uh, uh, how are you, know, at, how are you to the teacher? And, you, and listen, myself included, I'd be like, look at them. They some suckers. And I'd be in the back failing. Ah, <laughs> oh, because I found secrets. The, the teacher's pet. The teacher would say, listen, I know you failed on that one, but that's all right. I'm going to give you a little extra credit. <laughs> yeah, in this culture that we live in now is a dishonorable one. We look down on honor. Honor oh, no, is about me. No, you got to respect me and mine. You know, it's like, if you, if, if especially if you see a young person within our demographic and they're serving so faithfully in a church especially serving a man or woman of God you have people that are dishonorable looking down on your honor <laughs> and we call those people kiss ups teacher's pet not realizing that the term worship comes from the Greek proskuno I've taught you on this that means to kiss toward So we can live life and just say, well, God, I, I deserve this. Listen, I'm not going to praise you till something shows up. I'm not going to worship you until I see this, 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 and that. No, 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 no. Worship is acknowledgement. It's celebration. It's bowing down. It's surrendering. It's Kissing up. And when you are a worshiper, you become an honorable person. 
And honor is what unlocks the supernatural of God. How do I know this? Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 through 58. When Jesus had finished teaching these parables, just listen to me as I read it. Or if you want to find it there, Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 verse 58, through 58. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his own hometown. <laughs> he began teaching people there in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Okay, here we go. We started good. First it says they were amazed. That's how people are with us, right? First they're amazed. And then when they start asking questions, but isn't this such and such from back in the day? Someone say, Then they start, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary? They started regarding him according to the flesh. Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of the lack of faith. When there is honor, there is worship. Where there is worship, there is faith. Where there is faith, it unlocks the door into the miraculous. And he went not too long after that into another town where all of them were worshiping him. And the Bible says, and he did many miracles there. Same Jesus, one town was dishonorable, one town was honorable. Are you receiving this? Some of us need to take a moment to repent. Some of us need to take a moment to further our honor and worship to God, even in this moment. Some of us need to change our ways because here it is. Somebody you've been connecting, but the Lord is looking for you to honor him with your heart. And there needs to be a turning of ways. Humility and a decision to say, here's my heart. Because I have habitually been doing things my own way. And I have been dishonoring the salvation you've given me. I've been dishonoring the call of God over my life. Today is the day to honor him. 